Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, joined by Sherelle McMillan. As the intro said, you're listening to the Inside Carolina podcast brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Best place for Inside Carolina premium members to get 10% off their everyday order at JohnnyTShirt.com. Great place to pick up some gear. Sherelle, Carolina 93.85. And I'm going to start the podcast with a quote from my son at halftime. He said, Dad, I'm going to bed. I said, why? You don't have school tomorrow. He said, Carolina plays better when I'm in bed. <laughs> Carolina wins the second half, 50-39, to win the ball game, 93-85. Shirelle, an NCAA tournament-type win for Carolina over Syracuse. It, it definitely felt that way because it, it seemed like every time that North Carolina had Syracuse on the ropes, they looked like they were about to blow them out. I think one time, I think it was 58-49, and Cam Johnson had a three, and I think Kobe had a three, and he had another shot. It looked like they were just on the verge of blowing them out, and they just couldn't do it. Um, so, no, you know, props to them for um, continuing to play throughout the game, for um, continuing to defend, because that, that first half defensively was pretty rough to watch. Um, there were so many wide-open shooters and guys getting to the basket at will, it seemed like. So um, I, I think that second half, you know, Roy Williams definitely said something to him at halftime. The defense wasn't great in the second half, but it was much better than it was in the first half. And, you know, you look at the bot score, and there's a few reasons that, you know, they won. It seems pretty obvious. He had 18 offensive rebounds, which is a huge number. Um, they were plus 21 on the boards, which is another huge number. Uh, and then they were plus 21 at the free throw line, which is a third huge number. So I think the game really comes down to those three things. Yeah, Carolina certainly, uh, when it's all said and done, folks will talk about Kobe White, and we'll start off with him. But you're right, the free throw numbers, uh, the offensive rebound numbers were huge. I, I tell you what, and folks like to fuss about the referees, and I do not like to fuss about referees because it is what it is. But, I mean, I think 26 fouls on Syracuse, 19, or excuse me, uh, 18 on Carolina. No kind of flow at all in this ball game. Maybe two or three minute increments of flow. I think that had a lot to do um, with the lack of Carolina getting in a rhythm. Yet they still scored ninety three points and against Syracuse. That's that's kind of what they do. The zone, you know, <laughs> is designed to take some things away and make you take you know contested shots, make you make contested shots. And North Carolina wasn't doing that uh, much in the first half. And it took him a while, I think, to figure it out. You know, you got to remember this Kobe's White, Kobe White's first time seeing that zone. Um, it's the first time Garrison Brooks is playing in the zone as, you know, a full-time starter. It's Nasir Little's first time kind of seeing the zone. So it was a little, like you said, jagged, I think, in the first half because of so many foul calls that benefited North Carolina. You know, there were a lot that did benefit UNC. Um, and then between the them just trying to figure out exactly how to attack it. But once they got going, I guess about midway through the first half, um, offensively didn't really seem to be an issue. It was just trying to get stops on the defensive end. Yeah, a lot of folks like to rag on Jim Beheim, and, and I do too, but I like him. But I'd have been in the bus already if I were coaching Syracuse in this one. Let's just be honest. It was uh, a little bit one-sided at times. Were there some bad calls that didn't go Carolina's way? Sure, but yeah, Syracuse, um, 37 free throws for Carolina. I think that's that uh, sort of speaks to that aspect of it. But ACC basketball, Carolina gets the win. 
Sherelle, let's talk about Kobe White now. 34 points. He one-ups his previous career high that he'd done twice. He becomes the first Carolina freshman to score 30-plus in a game three times. What I like about his performance, um, sans the four turnovers, is the efficiency on offense. Nine for 14, six for 11 from three, and then 10 for 10 from the free throw line. That is winning basketball. Yeah, I mean, 34 points on 14 shots. You can't, you can't beat that. You know, pretty much any coach would take that all day. Um, and that's why Roy Williams kind of lives with the turnovers. You know, we've talked about this several times throughout the season. You know, people say, well, Roy Williams says that he values the ball and that, you know, turning the ball over won't be tolerated. Well, when you have a guy who can get hot like Kobe, you know, can go for 34, can uh, go on an eight nothing personal run in, in a matter of seconds. You live with the four turnovers, especially when they are turnovers. You know, mostly from him being aggressive. They weren't just kind of uh, knucklehead turnovers, as, as Roe Williams might call them. So, um, yeah, it's just it's good to see uh, Kobe White play so well because what we've seen in the last couple of games, the seniors had really taken over. Uh, I think the Duke game to some degree, uh, well, definitely the Duke game. I would say uh, Cam and, and Luke played uh, really, really well. And then against Florida State, you know, Kobe had his moments, but I, I still, again, I think it was Nasir who played really well and then uh, came and looked again. This game, the seniors didn't weren't as sharp, uh, especially uh, Kenny and Luke offensively, and that's when Kobe now is picking up for them. So it goes back to what we talked about, have been talking about all season, is that North Carolina, they have guys who can kind of pick up when other guys are struggling. And, you know, uh, Kenny and Luke were a combined four of 19 from the field. Uh, 0 of 8 from 3. But you had Kobe White, who basically did what they would normally do in the game. He had 6-3, so he made up for their deficiencies in this game. And that's why I think North Carolina really has a chance to go deep into March. Do you think Kobe sort of hit a little wall there, uh, maybe through the Duke game into the Florida State game, and maybe he got his win back a little bit? Because uh, it seemed like, you know, everybody talks about the freshman wall, and it's real is very real for some players and I think Kobe might have you know you're 26 27 ball games into it it's a grind it's tougher than the high school they play more games in high school these days now but do you think maybe um he sort of hit that and now he's bounced out of it or, or what do you think went on there in those last couple games yeah I certainly think that's part of it um because this is new for him and not only is he starting but he is in a way being showcased um, at the college level when, uh, you know, a year ago, he's playing guys from down your way in Clayton and playing people from down my way in Fayetteville. Uh, so it's a little different. So it, it definitely takes some getting used to. I think the major thing was that he was just playing against good defensive teams. I think people forget that. Virginia, obviously, every year is one of the best defensive teams in the country. And, you know, whether you like him or not or think he's been overhyped, Trey Jones showed that he's a really good defender. Um, and Kobe still, you know, has to learn. He's still trying to, you know, figuring some things out. So I think people have to realize that too. And then secondly, he's always been, um, he's always been a scorer. He can always score pretty much whenever he wants to, especially going to the basket. His outside shooting though, I think has been a little more streaky at times. He would, you know, in high school, he would go a couple of games where he hit, you know, 60 or 70% of his threes. And then maybe that would drop down to, 35 to 40% for a couple of games and then it go back up to 60 and kind of bounce around like that. So I think maybe that was just some, just kind of Kobe being Kobe with the streakiness shooting from the outside. Um, but I do think there's something to be said about hitting the wall, but also he's playing against really good teams. So it's, it's a combination of all that. 
You're listening to the Inside Carolina podcast by sponsored by JohnnyT-shirt.com now. JohnnyT-shirt.com. Get your 10% off when you use the code. If you're an Inside Carolina Premium member, go to the website, JohnnyT-shirt.com. Visit them on Franklin Street. Great place to hang out. Uh, great place to go before a game, after a game, if it's on the weekend. Just a good place to get your Carolina gear. Many props for those guys for joining back up with East, with Inside Carolina and providing for Inside Carolina listeners. Sherelle, uh, we talked a little bit about off the air on, about Garrison Brooks. Uh, not a very good night for Garrison, 19 minutes. Um, forced Nasir Little into 21 minutes. But aside from Garrison, you had four starters play 33-plus, including, uh, I believe, Cam... Kenny and Luke May paying 36 and 37 respectively. Is that too much? No, not, not at this point. Um, I think UNC's off until Saturday, correct? So, I mean, they're young, they're, they're spry. I think you're at the point now where all that stuff doesn't matter as far as uh, playing time and minutes and everything. You have to go with whoever is playing the best uh, on any given night um, to make sure that you get a win because now North Carolina isn't playing just for, well, they secured, um, a, a double buy in the ACC tournament. So they've got that done. Now, you know, the next step is to try to uh, win the ACC regular season title. Obviously, they're going to need some help in Virginia to lose. But then you're also thinking about NCAA tournament seeding. So um, it's not just this one game that they're playing for. They have a, a lot of stuff uh, ahead of them. And I think now, you know, it, it's, I guess you would call it winning time, for lack of a better phrase. So you just got to go with your guys. And we've talked about it several times, too. You know, Roe Williams' uh, currency that he operates in is trust. And you see who he trusts by how much he plays them. And Luke May, 37 minutes. Cam Johnson, 37 minutes. Kenny Williams, 36. And Kobe White, 33. So that, that kind of tells you um, what Roe Williams is thinking just by how much they play. Let's talk a little bit about Carolina against the zone. I know John Siegley, a fellow Inside Carolina podcast host, doesn't like it and doesn't like Bayham style. I kind of like Bayham. I've said it before, and I don't mind them playing zone. But your thoughts on how Carolina attacked it? I think, obviously, a key against it is get to the foul line and then make a play. Carolina didn't have the type guy like a Bryce Johnson that could just – either catch and shoot over the top of everything from the foul line or make that pass inside. How did you um, like what you saw, or if you did, Carolina's approach this time? It seemed like I mean, it was more catch at the foul line, kick to a wing rather than kick down in the double, you know, underneath post. So um, I, it was I, a, a different approach for sure. Right. I, I thought it was good. The, the idea, most of the time, it seemed like either Luke May, Kenny Williams, or Cam Johnson, again, three players that Roe Williams trusts, uh, you know, a, a ton who were in that middle. And that's kind of where you make the decision. And it were, I think it worked out pretty well. I mean, Luke May, I think it was his career high in assists, which is five. He only had one turnover. Um, and then uh, overall, North Carolina had 25 field goals and they had 19 assists. So that shows that the ball was moving kind of the way it was supposed to. I think the other thing is that because Kobe is so relentless um, pushing the ball, there are a lot of times where Syracuse couldn't even get set. and He was already in the paint drawing fouls. And then they offensive, you know, they rebounded the, belts, rebounded the ball so well offensively. Uh, Nasir and Cam and Luke, I felt like all had three or more um, offensive rebounds, Kenny as well. So I think Nasir, Cam, Luke, and uh, Kenny 
all had three or more offensive rebounds. And, you know, at, at some points, a, a missed shot was Carolina Smith's offense because it looked like Syracuse was just giving no resistance down in the paint. They were so eager, you know, to to get out and try to run to beat Carolina's defense on the other end that they had nobody down there. And North Carolina, you know, they either uh, got two points by, you know, just scoring or they got to the free throw line and got Syracuse in foul trouble. So I, I thought they did a good job. Like you said, it's different from what North Carolina traditionally does with the high-low with Theo in the middle and Isaiah Hicks and, and Bryce Johnson and Kennedy and all those guys the last few years, but it was still effective. I mean, it had 93 points, so it it was still uh, they still played offense really well. Fascinating that Carolina puts up 93 against that zone. And you didn't think they play, offensively? You you would have been like, ah, oh, they didn't play that well. No, they I mean, shot 40, 40. What did shoot? 40 percent. Right. I mean, obviously, 34 free throws helps, you know, making that many. But you have to make those shots too. I mean, 91 percent from the free throw line. But it just it seems like. Um, that they can withstand a lot and still put up points offensively. And that's that's going to be big because there's going to be a game in the NCAA tournament where shots aren't falling. We Williams has talked about this this season. We've talked about it a little bit between the Duke um, and the Florida State game, um, just about how they have to win ugly. And this this wasn't, you know, aesthetically ugly, I don't think. But statistically, it was pretty ugly. And they won because they made uh, simple plays. They hit their free throws and they dominated on the glass yeah I, like i said starting and i thought it was an ncaa tournament type win it was a grind they you know nine nine threes on 29 shots that's 30 percent you got 40 percent from the field free throws like we mentioned only nine turnovers and granted syracuse doesn't um, play a attacking defense but and i wanted to get your comments on this before we move on is carolina didn't make too many stupid passes through a zone uh, Kobe did a couple times, but other than Kobe's four turnovers, Carolina did not make the silly pass. It gets you in trouble against the Syracuse zone because those guys like to get out in lanes and then limit your interior passing. And that, to me, was something that if I had a concern going into the game was could Carolina make enough shots to win? Clearly they did. And could they not turn it over by trying to make um, too many passes on the inside? Your thoughts on that? I, I would, when we looked at the the box score after the game and it only said nine turnovers, I was a little surprised. I felt like they were at times a, a little loose, um, but I guess it didn't. See, I guess it was worse watching the game live than it was, you know, seeing the stat sheet. I, you know, I thought they did a, a pretty decent job. There are a couple of times where um, a player might have gotten into the high post and he tried to force it, you know, into the corner or they overpassed a little bit. There are, were times I think Kenny. Um, had a couple open shots that I think he normally would have taken, but he tried to make the extra pass to get a better shot. I think Luke did that a couple of times as well. But uh, overall, I you know you can't be too upset with the results when they only had nine turnovers and they had uh, nineteen assists. You know you'll take that you know two to one pretty much every day. Carolina ninety three eighty five over Syracuse secures that top three in the ACC. I think for like the fifty seventh time in the sixty six years of the ACC. Just a remarkable run for North Carolina yet again. Cheryl, any closing thoughts? We're off uh, from the podcast talking strictly basketball post games until Saturday at Clemson. So a little bit of a break on that regard. I know a lot of people have been hitting me up for a Sherelle and recruiting podcast, but (laughs) I'll, I'll let you wrap the show in only the way you can. Give us sort of a heads up what might be coming down the road, your thoughts and all that good stuff. 
Yeah, you know, Roy Williams does like to get out and, and watch games when North Carolina has a few days off. So um, I don't know of any right now, but I would not be surprised if Wednesday thir- Wednesday or Thursday he uh, went out on the road and watched somebody play. Um, so that wouldn't be surprising. But things will really heat up um, that weekend of the Duke game. We'll talk about it more, I think, next week. But they've already uh, announced a, a couple of – not announced, but – a couple of players have already said they're taking official visits that weekend. Um, and then they got some, I, I would call relatively big name, unofficial visitors. So it, it's going to be a packed house. They are definitely using that Duke game as a showcase game uh, for UNC basketball. So I know uh, uh, Mac Brown is doing that same thing with football. So that that's going to be a pretty uh, intense atmosphere for a variety of reasons, you know, not even on the court uh, for both the North Carolina football and basketball programs. Indeed, big week coming up. Carolina heads to the weekend. Let's go to Clemson on Saturday. Looking good in the ACC. Sherelle, it's always a pleasure. It's always good to talk, even though these late night nine o'clock games are getting getting old. Uh, it's, the last, it's the last one. It's the last yeah, we're, one. we're in the short <laughs> rows. So uh, good to talk to you, my man. All right. Appreciate it, Tommy. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by T-Shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.